Chapter Twenty Nine: The Sabbath. The Sabbath, a sign to the world of loyalty. From the pillar of cloud, Jesus spake unto Moses, saying, "Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily, my Sabbaths ye shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that ye may know that I am the Lord that doth sanctify you." Exodus thirty-one, twelve and thirteen. The Sabbath is a pledge given by God to man, a sign of the relation existing between the Creator and His created beings. By observing the memorial of the creation of the world in six days and the rest of the Creator on the seventh day, by keeping the Sabbath holy according to His directions, the Israelites were to declare to the world their loyalty to the only true and living God, the Sovereign of the universe. By observing the true Sabbath, Christians are ever to bear to the world faithful witness of their knowledge of the true and living God, as distinguished from all false gods. For the Lord of the Sabbath is the Creator of heavens and the earth, the One exalted above all other gods. Ye shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy unto you. Six days may work be done, but in the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whosoever doeth any work in the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Wherefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel for ever, for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day He rested, and was refreshed. Verses fourteen to seventeen, manuscript one twenty-two, nineteen o one. Early counsel on the Sabbath and the children. The house of God is desecrated and the Sabbath violated by Sabbath believers' children. They run about the house, play, talk, and manifest their evil tempers in the very meetings where the saints have met together to glorify God and to worship Him in the beauty of holiness. The place that should be holy, where a holy stillness should reign, and where there should be perfect order, neatness, and humility, is made to be a perfect Babylon. In a place where confusion, disorder, and untidiness reign, this is enough to shut out God from our assemblies and cause His wrath to be kindled, that He will not be pleased to go out with the armies of Israel to battle against our enemies. God would not give the victory in the meeting. The enemies of our faith triumphed. God was displeased. His anger is kindled that His house should be made like Babylon. Above everything, take care of your children upon the Sabbath. Do not let them violate it, for you may just as well violate it yourself as to let your children do it. When you suffer your children to play upon the Sabbath, God looks upon you as a commandment breaker. You transgress His Sabbath. Manuscript three, eighteen fifty-four. No boisterous noise and confusion. Then the entire family come to the table without levity. Boisterous noise and contention should not be allowed any day of the week, but on the Sabbath all should observe quietness. No loud-toned commands should be heard at any time, but on the Sabbath it is entirely out of place. This is God's holy day, the day He has set apart to commemorate His creative works, a day He has sanctified and hallowed. Manuscript fifty-seven, eighteen ninety-seven. Seeking our own pleasure. I say to those who claim to be Seventh-day Adventists, 
Can you claim the seal of the living God? Can you claim that you are sanctified by the truth? We have not, as a people, given the law of God the preeminence as we should. We are in danger of doing our own pleasure on the Sabbath day. Letter 258, 1907. No day for pleasure-seeking, swimming, or ball-playing. God would have all his gifts appreciated. All fragments, jots, and tittles are to be treasured carefully, and we are carefully to become acquainted with the necessities of others. All that we have of Bible truth is not merely for our benefit, but to impart to other souls, and this is to be impressed upon human minds, and every kindly word spoken to prepare the way to make a channel through which the truth will flow forth in rich currents to other souls. Every working of Christ in miracles was essential, and was to reveal to the world that there was a great work to be done on the Sabbath day for the relief of suffering humanity, but the common work was not to be done. Pleasure-seeking, ball-playing, swimming was not a necessity, but a sinful neglect of the sacred day sanctified by Jehovah. Christ did not perform miracles merely to display his power, but always to meet Satan in afflicting, suffering humanity. Christ came to our world to meet the needs of the suffering whom Satan was torturing. Letter 252, 1906. Sabbath Dishes We would charge all not to wash their dishes on the Sabbath, if this can possibly be avoided. God is dishonored by any unnecessary work done on His holy day. It is not inconsistent, but proper that the dishes should be left unwashed till the close of the Sabbath, if this can be managed. Letter 104, 1901. The Sabbath, a day of service. The first Sabbath of the week of prayer was a day of earnest activity. From Sunnyside and the school, two teams and a boat were sent to Dora Creek to bring to the meetings those who were not able to walk so far. The people had been invited to bring their lunch and come to the meeting prepared to spend the day, and they responded freely to the invitation. Some were much surprised that we would exert ourselves on the Sabbath to bring them to the meeting. They had been taught that Sunday-keeping consisted largely in physical inactivity, and they thought that because we were zealous in the matter of Sabbath-keeping, we would keep it according to the teachings of the Pharisees. We told our friends that in the matter of keeping the Sabbath, we studied the example and teachings of Christ, whose Sabbaths were often spent in earnest effort to heal and to teach that we believed that one of our sisters who was nursing a sick family was keeping the Sabbath as much as the one who was leading a division in the Sabbath school, that Christ could not please the Pharisees of his day, and that we did not expect that our efforts to serve the Lord would satisfy the Pharisees of our day. The Review and Herald, October 18, 1898. Sacred and Secular Activities the priests in the temple performed greater labor on the Sabbath than upon other days. The same labor in secular business would be sinful, but the work of the priests was in the service of God. The Desire of Ages, page 285. Far-reaching example of a headquarters church. My mind has been burdened in regard to the condition of the church in this place. There was much need of exalting the standard in this place in many respects, before a correct and saving influence could go forth to other places. As the truth has been presented here, 
it has taken persons from the world and from the churches and brought them together in church capacity. But not all who have professed to believe the truth are sanctified through it. God calls upon the workers in this mission to elevate the standard and to show their regard for His requirements by honoring the Sabbath. From this place the publications are sent out, and the laborers go forth to proclaim the commandments of God. And it is of the greatest importance that a right influence be exerted by this church, both by precept and example. The standard must not be placed so low that those who accept the truth shall transgress God's commandments while professing to obey them. Better, far better, would it be to leave them in darkness until they could receive the truth in its purity. Seventh-day Adventists being watched. There are those who are watching this people to see what is the influence of the truth upon them. The children of this world are wiser in their generation than the children of light. When the claims of the fourth commandment are set before them, they look to see how it is regarded by those who profess to obey it. They study the life and character of its advocates to learn whether these are in harmony with their profession of faith, and upon the opinions thus formed, many are influenced very largely in their acceptance or rejection of the truth. If this people will conform their lives to the Bible standard, they will be indeed a light in the world, a city set upon a hill. Manuscript 3, 1885 The Importance and Glory of the Sabbath Yesterday, August 10, 1851, which was Sabbath, we had a sweet, glorious time. The Lord met with us, and the glory of God was shed upon us, and we were made to rejoice and glorify God for His exceeding goodness unto us. And I was taken off in vision. I saw that we sensed and realized but little of the importance of the Sabbath, to what we yet should realize and know of its importance and glory. I saw that we knew not what it was yet to ride upon the high places of the earth and to be fed with the heritage of Jacob. But when the refreshing and latter rain shall come from the presence of the Lord and the glory of His power, we shall know what it is to be fed with the heritage of Jacob and ride upon the high places of the earth. Then shall we see the Sabbath more in its importance and glory." But we shall not see it in all its glory and importance until the covenant of peace is made with us at the voice of God, and the pearly gates of the new Jerusalem are thrown open and swing back on their glittering hinges, and the glad and joyful voice of the lovely Jesus is heard richer than any music that ever fell on mortal ear bidding us enter. I saw that we had a perfect right in the city, for we had kept the commandments of God, and heaven, sweet heaven, is our home, for we have kept the commandments of God. Letter 3, 1851. A few Sabbaths with the White Family. Battle Creek, Michigan, Sabbath, January 1, 1859. Attended preaching, a baptism, and the ordinances. It is the commencement of the new year, the Lord gave James liberty Sabbath afternoon in preaching upon the necessary preparation for baptism and to partake of the Lord's Supper. There was much feeling in the congregation. At intermission all repaired to the water, where seven followed their Lord in baptism. It was a powerful season and of the deepest interest. 
two little sisters about eleven years old were baptized. One, Cornelius C., prayed in the water to be kept unspotted from the world. In the eve, the church followed the example of their Lord and washed one another's feet and then partook of the Lord's Supper. There was rejoicing and weeping in that house. The place was awful and yet glorious on account of the presence of the Lord. Manuscript 5, 1859. Otsego, Michigan, Sabbath, January 8, 1859. Traveled to meeting by sleigh and spoke some. It is the Holy Sabbath. May we honor and glorify God today. We went with Brother Layton in his sleigh to Otsego, four miles. It was very cold, could hardly keep comfortable. Found the meeting house not very warm. All were so cold. Must take time to get warm. Brother Loughborough preached upon the judgment. Then I said a few words. Not very free. Then the church readily gave in their testimonies. Manuscript 5, 1859. Battle Creek Sabbath, March 5, 1859. Stayed home to nurse James White. Did not attend meeting today. My husband was sick. Have remained with him to wait upon him. The Lord met with us and blessed us this morn. I had unusual liberty in prayer. Brother John Andrews preached twice today. He spent the eve and night with us. We enjoyed the visit much. Manuscript 5, 1859. Battle Creek, Sabbath, March 19, 1859. Attended meeting and read to the children. Attended meeting in the forenoon. Brother Loughborough preached with great liberty upon the sleep of the dead and the inheritance of the saints. Tarried at home in the afternoon. Read to my children. Wrote a letter to Brother Newton and wife encouraging them in spiritual things. Compiler's note. Adelia Patton, for several years an assistant in the White Home in Battle Creek, in her Narrative of the Life, Experience, and Last Illness of Henry N. White, who died in December 1863, made the following statement in regard to Ellen White's dealing with her children. For a number of years past, their mother has spent much time in reading to them on the Sabbath from her large amount of choice selections of moral and religious matter, a portion of which she has recently published in the work entitled Sabbath Readings. Reading to them before they could readily read themselves gave them a love for useful reading, and they have spent many leisure hours, especially the Sabbath hours, when not at Sabbath school and meeting, in perusing good books with which they were well supplied. Appeal to Youth, page 19. In the evening, attended meeting for communion and washing feet. Was not as free as I wished to be on such occasions. Manuscript 5, 1859. Convis, Michigan, Sabbath, April 9, 1859. Watched and ministered at Convis. Rose early and rode about 12 miles to Convis to meet with the saints there. The ride was refreshing. Called at Brother Brackett's. They accompanied us to the place of meeting about two miles distant from his house. A little company of Sabbath keepers were collected in a large commodious schoolhouse. James had great freedom speaking to the people. I said a few words. Meeting held until about two o'clock. Nearly all bore testimony to the truth. After supper, as the hours of holy time were closing, 
we had a refreshing season of prayer. James talked with the children before bowing to pray. Manuscript 6, 1859. Battle Creek, Sabbath, April 23, 1859. Attended meeting and entertained company. Sister Brackett, Sister Lane, and her daughter, Sister Scott, and Sister Smith came from Convus to the meeting at Battle Creek. They took dinner at our house. Compiler's Note. Sabbath meals in the White Home in later years are described by her daughter-in-law in a statement dated October 16, 1949. As Mrs. E.G. White's daughter-in-law, I was a member of her household for a little more than a year and was often in her home and traveled with her over a period of twenty years. I have been asked concerning the Sabbath meals in the White Home. As full preparation as possible was made on Friday, the preparation day for the Sabbath meals. On Sabbath, the food for both breakfast and dinner was served hot, it having been heated immediately preceding the meal. All unnecessary work was avoided on the Sabbath, but at no time did Mrs. White consider it a violation of proper Sabbath observance to provide for the ordinary comforts of life, such as the building of a fire for the heating of the house or the heating of the food for the meals. Signed, Mrs. W. C. White. Meeting was interesting through the day. Brother Wagoner preached in the forenoon. His discourse was appropriate. At intermission, four were baptized, Sisters Hyde, Scott, and Agnes Irving, and Brother Pratt. Our afternoon meeting was very interesting. My husband never had greater liberty. The Lord's Spirit was in the meeting. The Lord gave me freedom in exhortation. In the eve, the ordinances of the Lord's house were attended to. It was a solemn, interesting occasion. I was unable to attend, being much exhausted. Manuscript 6, 1859. Denver, Sabbath, July 20, 1872. Took a walk, wrote, and read. It was a beautiful morning. This is the Lord's rest day, and we desire to keep the Sabbath that God may accept our efforts and that our own souls may be refreshed. We walked out, seeking a retired place in a grove where we could pray and read, but we were not successful. We spent the day in conversing upon religious subjects, writing and reading. Manuscript 4, 1872. Battle Creek, Sabbath, April 12, 1873. Made many missionary visits. My husband spoke to the people in the forenoon. I remained at home because I did not feel able to attend. In the afternoon, I attended meeting. After the meeting closed, I visited Ella Belden, had a sweet season of prayer with her. I then visited Brother and Sister W. Salisbury. We had a precious season of prayer with the family. Brother and Sister Salisbury united their prayers with mine. We all felt that the Lord blessed us. I then called upon aged brother and sister Morris. I visited brother and sister Gardner. He is nearing the close of his journey. Disease has made him very weak. He was overjoyed to see me. We united our prayers together, and the hearts of these afflicted ones were comforted and blessed. Manuscript 6, 1873. Battle Creek, Sabbath, May 17, 1873 rode a few miles, slept some. We rode out a few miles in the oak grove, 
rested about an hour. We slept some. We had a season of prayer before returning home. In the afternoon, we went to the meeting. Manuscript 7, 1873. Washington, Iowa, Saturday, June 21, 1873. Wrote on sufferings of Christ. A beautiful day, rather warm. Took a pack, felt better. Wrote 15 pages on sufferings of Christ. I became much interested in my subject. Brother Wheeler, Hester, and Brother Van Ostrand went to the meeting. We had some prospect of rain, called the family together, and read the matter I had written. All seemed interested. Manuscript 8, 1873. Wallings Mills, Friday, September 12, 1873. Entertained a non-Adventist. We arrived home a little before sundown received letters from Brother Canwright, also Mary Gaskill, and Daniel Bordeaux, giving us an account of camp meeting. When we reached home, we found John Cranson there. We felt sorry that he should come to see us on the Sabbath. We do not like to have visitors to entertain upon the Sabbath who have no respect for God or His holy day. Manuscript 11, 1873. En route from Colorado to Battle Creek. Sabbath, November 8, 1873. Traveled on Sabbath, regretfully. See Testimonies, Volume 6, page 360. We rested well on the car during the night. We were unwilling to report ourselves on the cars this morning, but circumstances connected with the cause and work of God demanded our presence at the general conference. We could not delay. If we were doing our own business, we should feel it a breach of the fourth commandment to travel on the Sabbath. We engaged in no common conversation. We endeavored to keep our minds in a devotional frame, and we enjoyed some of the presence of God while we deeply regretted the necessity of traveling upon the Sabbath. Manuscript 13, 1873. Sydney, NSW, Australia, February 4, 1893. Spoke in the morning, boarded ship in the afternoon. We rode in the cab to the church in Sydney, and I spoke from Hebrews 11 upon faith. The Lord strengthened me by His grace. I felt much strengthened and blessed. The Holy Spirit was upon me. Strength, both physical and spiritual, was given me in large measure. In the afternoon at two o'clock, we stepped on board the steamer to take the journey we long dreaded. All our luggage had been stored away on Friday. We dislike very much to travel on the Sabbath, but the work must be done in giving the message to the world, and we can keep our minds and hearts uplifted to God and can hide in Jesus. When we cannot control these matters, we must leave all with our Heavenly Father. If our trust be in God, He will help us. Manuscript 76, 1893.